Anachinosis, renewal. The Apostle Paul uses the word to describe the very thing our minds need in order to be transformed instead of conformed. This mind renewal is the key to biblical worldview. It is the PlayStation 5 to play the next-gen games. The games sound cool and all, but none of us can play them without the right system. Welcome to Antikinosis, where we renew our minds towards biblical worldview and the scriptures. This is a show for anyone looking to build or repair their biblical worldview. Whether you are 100% comfortable in the current Christian culture, or you feel like an outsider looking in, everyone is welcome. My name is Jeremy Agin. I'm just a guy with a Bible literacy background who has ASD and who thinks a lot about how to think. Today, we will answer the question, how do I trust and follow him? Let's renew. So we're working through these three questions. Who does God say he is? Who does God say that we are? And based off of that, we can now ask the question, how do I trust and follow him? Because those first two questions are designed in order to rebuild our trust. Trust is the central theme in the scriptures. Will Adam and Eve trust God? Will Cain trust God? Will Noah trust God? Will Abraham trust God? Will Joseph? Will Moses? Will Joshua? Will Saul? Will David? You get the idea? The center of the relationship between God and humanity is trust. Conversely, every failure and corruption are centered on distrust. That is why we think it is so important to know who God says he is and who he says we are because of his love and sacrifice, because it increases our trust. In Romans 12, 2, Paul writes, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There are four key words in this passage that I want us to consider today. Number one, conformed. I have no idea how to pronounce the Greek word, so we're going to say it's skushimatizo. Now that sounds Italian. But one time a friend told me if you don't know how to pronounce a, uh, a word in an, an original language, to just say it quickly and confidently, and people will believe it's the correct pronunciation until they find out otherwise. So, until you hear otherwise, it is skushimatizo. Anyway, the word means assuming a similar outward form. So, do not assume a similar outward form as the people of this world. Why? Because we have been made new. This is why I like to give labels to the three worldview questions. Who does God say that he is? That is an upward question. Who does God say that I am? That is an inward question. How do I trust and follow him in this is an outward question. Our outward can match our inward if we trust the one who is upward. Or our outward appearance is going to match the world. Number two, transformed. Greek, metamorpho. Meta means changed after. And then it's with morpho or morpho 
which means is which means changing form to the inner reality. So this is like butterflies. I could actually give a whole episode to a caterpillar story. Actually, we're going to do that. That's going to be a bonus episode. Do not assume a similar outward form as the people of this world, but be changed after what is true inside you. This answered by the inward question, who does God say that I am? Third word, renewal. Anakinosis. Ana means upping or completing a process. And kinos means a brand new thing. This is a new development, something active. Do not assume a similar outward form as the people of this world, but be changed after what is true inside by the brand new development in your mind. This is clearly a critical thinking piece, something we make decisions with. The fourth word is will. Thelema. It, it means desire. Do not assume a similar outward form as the people of this world, but be changed after what is true inside by the brand new development in your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the desire of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. The end goal is to trust and follow the desires of God. So how can we even know what these desires are? The scriptures, not culture and not Christian culture, but the scriptures of God, the special revelation. God has revealed his desires as he revealed himself. When God made a covenant with Israel in the wilderness, he gave them 10 commandments to follow. They were being asked to trust and follow his ways. And then he clearly laid out what that way was for them. So this is from Exodus 20. Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. This makes sense. Of course not, because humans are the only idols, statues, action figures. Number three, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. This isn't really about cursing. Here, the word vain is shav, which can mean empty or false. So to use God's name in vain is to put it on things that are not his. Prophecies or politics, for example. Number four, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. It is for the Lord. These first four commandments were closely associated with what became known as the Shema in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Okay? Number five, honor your parents. Six, you shall not murder. Seven, you shall not commit adultery. Eight, you shall not steal. Nine, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And 10, you shall not covet your neighbor's stuff. So if the first four commandments were really about loving God, who are the final six commandments about loving? Your neighbor. This is explained to the Israelites in Leviticus 19.18. Now to the Israelites in Canaan, God has revealed over 600 laws to define these 10, to make them more fully aware of their ancient Near East context. This caused major disputes over which laws are more important than others because it was a lot to keep a track. It was a lot to keep track of. When Jesus was on earth in human form, he was asked point blank, which of these commands is most important 
which of these is the greatest commandment? And in Matthew 22, 36 through 40, when asked this, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So there you have it, case closed. What's the answer? Love God, love others. The Ten Commandments filled in the details of that a bit. And that is why Paul wrote, Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. So do not assume a similar outward form as the people of this world, but be changed after what is true inside by the brand new development in your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the desire of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect, and we now know scripturally his desire is that we love him and love others. This is why Micah the prophet wrote that God is seeking people who act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Because justice is love, mercy is love, humility is love. So when the New Testament authors are explaining what it looks like to live in right relationship with God after receiving his grace and forgiveness, it sounds a lot like variations of love God and love others. Here's Paul from Romans 12, 9 to 21. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to what to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That is the long way around saying, love God, love others. Here's Peter's challenge, much shorter, in 1 Peter 4, 7 to 11. The end of all things is at hand, therefore, Be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then John, even shorter in 1 John 3.11 and verse 16. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Who does God say he is? Wow, we answer that scripturally and we know that he's good and powerful and loving and a rescuer. And who does God say that I am? I am the rescued. I have received his righteousness. I have been made new 
And if I can trust who he says he is, and I can trust what he's done for me, I can then follow him in his desires, which are to love him and love others. I can let these three questions renew my mind. And then suddenly my mind is ready to take everything that I know is true in the scriptures. And I have the operating system that will now work. We now sit in 2021 in our own context with our own problems. We have the choice of seizing things for ourselves that we deem as good, or we have the choice to trust God's best and live with his desires to love him and love others. Is it still foggy? Remember that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He lived out God's desires perfectly. So when in doubt, look to him. His kingdom message was one of healing and restoration. Now we are getting somewhere with our biblical worldview. Thank you for listening. Anakinosis is a project for anyone anywhere who's looking to renew their biblical worldview. Next time, bonus episode, I'm going to share a parable featuring a caterpillar and a mean grasshopper.